Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I just realized I sounded like I uh, had a minor stroke right before the show started. Apologies for that. This is the Locked On Lakers podcast, not the Lara podcast. Uh, again, I am Anthony Irwin. Really good day here for everybody involved. The Lakers win. They signed Ben McLemore. They... Uh, Add an important 3 and D. Well, he's kind of like a 3-ish and a D-ish wing, but still probably going to be the most talented player uh, at his position to change teams. So the Lakers kind of do really well in the buyout market. They pick up probably the most talented player to move at this time in Andre Drummond, and then uh, not far behind him in terms of just overall talent in Ben McLemore. So we're going to discuss that. Again, the Lakers beat the Toronto Raptors and find the three-point shooting. They go 18 of 40 from behind the three-point line, 45%. That's going to get it done, especially when the team they're playing against shoots 15.2%. Again, this was, look, we all needed it. Let's be completely honest. Um, And then to kind of wrap up, All of the good news from the last 24 hours, we might have an announcement on uh, co-hosts to come either uh, tomorrow or the day after. So really fun times in the Lakers universe and the Locked on Lakers universe, in the uh, MCU universe, in the Monsterverse with, and and, and, no, all the universes are, are, are in good spots right now, except for maybe the Celtics universe. Uh, where where Bill Simmons and Paul Pierce are, are are having kind of tough weeks. So I don't take any joy in announcing that. You know, I just figured I would keep you guys posted. Let's start, though, with the Ben McLemore signing uh, because I think it does kind of weave its way, interestingly enough, throughout the, the Lakers game tonight against Toronto uh, or last night by the time you guys are listening to this. And, and then kind of moving forward, what the team might look uh, after it. Ben McLemore is, is uh, look, everybody in Houston is having down seasons uh, this year. And, <laughs> you know, people were pointing out his, his three-point shooting and, and his numbers uh, to this point in the season. And I just got to tell you, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's it, the uh, Houston Rockets do not currently resemble a professional basketball team. Their ownership since it's, it, since it has changed over is arguably some of the worst ownership in the NBA. And, you know, James Harden finally had enough of it. And the entire Rockets kind of, again, well, I guess we'll just stick with the universe theme everybody just fell on their face after he departed. So, and, and, and even before he departed, it was just kind of an ugly situation all around. So of course, I'm not going to be too worried about what Ben McLemore has done so far this year. And look, over the course of his career, he has not lived up to where he was drafted, which I believe was like top. He was a lottery pick at one point. Um, and I actually really believed in his talent, but as has happened to, all too many lottery picks, you go to Sacramento first and obviously Sacramento isn't the kind of place that, you know, <laughs> get, draws the most out of all of its talent. Just look at what's going on with Marvin Bagley right now and and on down the line for, for years, basically outside of De'Aaron Fox, 
most of their picks have kind of fallen short of, of expectations. Um, you look at you look at Memphis after that, and that was kind of a buy low situation, and again didn't really go to plan. He goes back to Sacramento, and and I'm, I'm you're going to be shocked. It didn't work out, but he arrives in Houston and uh, has a, the the best year basically of his career last year, where he goes for you know, and it's only ten points, just a shade over ten points a game in uh, just under 23 minutes a game for them last year. Uh, he knocked down, looks like, uh, two-and-a-half three-pointers for every six-and-a-half six and that he shot. So that's nothing to, to kind of roll your eyes at. It's it's something. It's not a ton. And and basically, that's, that's all the Lakers really needed here. Again, I go back to, and this was kind of a look. It's, it's kind of a perfect way that this all played out because the Lakers go out and they shoot 18 of 40 from three point range. And on nights where they shoot like that, they look like they can beat anybody. And when LeBron and AD are there and everybody is shooting like that, then guess what? They're going to beat everybody. And so this idea that the Lakers needed to pick up a for sure impact player for their fit, their, their final roster spot, that's just not how really it was going to go. And, and it's not really what they necessarily needed. They have a really full rotation and I like the McLemore, uh, adding addition because it just gives them another option, another guy who could be shooting decently, uh, and, and another guy who might be able to help given the situation, his defense isn't great. That's not something that you're going to particularly enjoy doing, but there's enough defense around him to where all they really need him to do is shoot on occasions where KCP doesn't have it going, Caruso doesn't have it going, Wesley Matthews doesn't have it going. Just can you step in there and knock down a few three-pointers and, and unglue the offense? And and then you know we'll deal with whatever it looks like on the other end. So it was a great addition, I thought, given the situation uh, under which he was he was... Uh, he signed, and this is somebody who I, I, I think might have a moment or two or a moment or few, uh, hopefully over the course of the, the, the rest of the season. Um, all right, let's uh, take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to circle back to the game that the Lakers just played in uh, last night where they beat Toronto uh, in Toronto Bay, and, uh, and, and we'll see what, where the conversation goes from there. All right, today's show is brought to you in part by Michelob Ultra. Today's or this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is, you guessed it, Damian Jones. Damian Jones' streak continues despite not being on the Lakers. But you know why? Because he got added to the Sacramento Kings. And he's made everybody else around him happier. I believe I'd have to go back and look. I'm going to take a look right now and watch. What we're going to find out is that Damian Jones has vaulted the Sacramento Kings to highs they never thought possible and oh you know what they they no not quite it's it's Sacramento they are on a four game losing streak but still they've looked a lot happier in that losing and and really that's what it comes down to is is and and the the foundation of this run from Michelob is that if you find joy the 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 success will be soon to follow and and they found the joy in damian jones and the success will uh be soon to follow uh make sure you guys are checking it out you find it everywhere you find light beers it has only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories uh so while you're drinking it you don't get that crappy beer feeling 
that everybody who has ever drank too much beer will know. Uh, and, and, and yeah, check out Michelob Ultra. It's the best light beer that you can get. Shouts to Damian Jones. Keep it up, bud. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest sto- news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so the Lakers, again, take down the Toronto Bay Raptors uh, by a final score of 110 to 101, and the game was not nearly that close over the course of it. One talking point that you guys knew I was going to make is the refereeing, and and look, it was a blowout for most of it. Uh, Toronto made a, a, a bit of a comeback there at the very end. Uh, they outscored the Lakers 31 to 20 in the in the final frame, and that's kind of why you see the single digit win there. But uh, early in this one, you had a a I guess a kerfuffle. I well, I think that's the right word to to use for it. Where uh, Dennis Schroeder fouled OG Ananobi uh, going up on on kind of a breakaway layup, Ananobi took issue with it. And, and despite Schroeder, who I thought, like, by standards, by, by typical foul st- standards in that kind of a situation, I thought made a really safe play. He was holding up Angel- uh, OG Ananobi at the very end there. Ananobi picks him up, slams him down, and Montrez Harrell, who was the closest Laker to the situation, runs in there and shoves Ananobi, and I believe it was Gary Trent Jr. off of, off of Schroeder, who was just kind of lying there on the ground, uh, well, no, who who got up and and got up pretty violently to <laughs> take issue with the fact that this dude just duplexed him, and uh, I thought it was a really poor handling of of the refereeing from from all all the way around. Where uh, they go to the review and they're there for ten actual minutes, like we were just sitting there waiting for ten minutes while they looked at this thing from all different angles, which is a a an F up in, in its own right, because who needs to review that for that long when you saw very clearly how that went down. And then the, the, <laughs> the results of that 10 minute, those 10 minutes that we'll never get back in our lifetimes. Uh, well, the result of that is that they decided that Montrez Harrell was, uh, just as at fault for that situation as OG Ananobi and Montrez was, was ejected after the game, he said he got no real explanation for why he was ejected. If you look at the video, he was no less violent than Gary Trent Jr., who, you know, played a similar role where they saw it going down and they tried to separate, and then they had their words with the people who were also trying to separate the situation. And and yeah, I just saw it uh, once again. You know, strong night from from refereeing in the NBA, where I just don't even I, I have no idea what what they're trying to accomplish out there. It, again, if the guy is trying to be a peacekeeper, you can't reward him for that peacekeeping with no, get the bleep out of this game. Like what, what is that? How does that make any sense? And then if you're going to do that, then you got to be consistent. And Trent jr. Has to be thrown out for doing the same exact thing. Uh, fortunately, it didn't really hurt the Lakers despite them being super thin in the front court. Uh, and, and, you know, I just think this Raptors team is, is super sad and has been super sad all season. And for good reason, 
they were told, hey, uh, I know that <laughs> I know that you guys live a literal country away, but do you guys mind going down to Tampa Bay and playing your home games down there with no real home court advantage so that we can continue this money train? Oh, thanks. All right, great. We'll see you guys in a few months. Like, of course, that isn't going to go very well for their season. Their season, they're, they're, they're sitting at 20 and 31 right now, basically the opposite of where the Lakers are at, where they're 32 and 19. Of course, it hasn't gone very well for Toronto. And of course, by this point of the season, tensions are going to be a little high. And and no, am I, I'm not blaming Adam Silver for the way that this went down. That, of course, wouldn't make any sense. But but also, you got you to gotta be able to say, you got to be able to notice, like, yeah, this entire organization that came this close to having to trade away the face of its organization and maybe its greatest ambassador in the history of its existence, of course this organization is kind of reeling from that situation. So, yeah, I just thought it was a pretty perfect encapsulation all the way around tonight where you had the Lakers playing without LeBron James. You had the uh, you had the Lakers playing without Anthony Davis. You had the Raptors playing without Kyle Lowry and basically the rest of like half of its uh, other rotation. You had them playing in Tampa Bay uh, because of course, because that's, you know, the, the NBA was, uh, wasn't going to let dumb old Canada stopping, stop them from making this year's uh, revenue. And, and then you had bullshit ejections over the course of the game because the referees couldn't understand uh, how to uh, justifiably carry out, how those rules and those situations should be handled. I thought, you know, it's great that the Lakers won. I'm super stoked to see some of the shooting come back, and I hope that that continues. But, man, if you if you couldn't try to wrap up and, and perfectly summarize uh, this season, I don't know that you could do a better job than, than what this game looked like, where you had two super shorthanded teams going up against each other because they raced everybody back into this NBA season uh, knowing that it wasn't going to go very well for a lot of the people involved, especially the team that just won a championship a few months prior. You had them playing in a completely different city than they should have been, uh, which is sad in its own right. And you had these complete just Barney Fife referees. I know that's a super old reference, but I'm super old. And and you had everybody just, just kind of trying to get through the slog of this game uh, when when this is not what the NBA should be on a night-to-night basis. All right, rant over. Let's go ahead and take another quick second here. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with uh, you know some actual highlights of this one uh, and and some some examples of the kind of play that we might be able to uh, to to expect maybe moving forward, and also another pretty big uh, development from this one just in terms of what was going on on the sidelines as well so hang tight we'll come back to that here in a bit today's show is brought to you in part by built bar head on over to builtbar.com use that promo code locked on and you will save 20 percent off your next order not your first your next so however often you go to the website and you make a purchase use that promo code locked on and you're going to save 20 percent off and you're saving 20 percent off on an incredible product. We've been working with these guys forever now, and it is a the kind of thing, the kind of partnership you're really proud of, not just because of the ability that we've been able to work together, but also because of how great the product itself is and how easy it is to sell. I've told my family about it, close friends back home, uh, friends that I've made out here. I 
personally use it almost every day. Basically, I, I would probably say I'm closer to every day than anything else, any other way you could describe this thing. It's great for me because I'm always on the go, always have some errand to run or something to write or something like that. Avery got into some kind of trash or something, so I have to clean up and don't have enough time to uh, eat a full meal. Built Bar is, is, has been great with that. I've lost weight since we've started working with them because it's a super healthy bar. Great flavors, great textures, just an all-around fantastic product. So one more time, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, the best protein bar you'll ever eat. Today's show is brought to you in part by BetOnline. Head on over to BetOnline. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine can also be found at uh, betonline.ag. And also the Twitter account, at betonline underscore ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag, use that promo code LOCKEDON, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, so if you were paying super close attention to this one, uh, you would have seen Anthony Davis and LeBron. Well, I guess you didn't have to pay super close attention. They were shown quite a few times there on the sideline uh, by Spectrum. But uh, if you were paying super-duper close attention to even them being shown on the sideline, you would have noticed something that is a pretty welcome sight to Lakers fans on top of the fact that LeBron felt comfortable and the doctors felt comfortable enough for LeBron to travel. Uh, And that's that LeBron was out there on the sideline not wearing that walking boot that you've been seeing on his social media posts recently. That's a huge development because, you know, the point of that walking boot is to to uh, provide some extra support for this uh, high ankle sprain that he's been dealing with. And, you know, if you're hopping on a plane, that tells me that you're not as worried potentially about the swelling situation uh, that you get at altitude uh, while you're flying in an airplane. And then if you're walking around without that... Uh, without that walking boot, then that tells me that the pain is at a situation or, or at a point where you don't, you, you, you might be, you might just need, you know, some extra ankle tape or something like that, but you don't need to completely encapsulate it with a bunch of plastic to make sure that you can actually put any kind of weight on it in the first place. So that was huge to see because that tells me that LeBron is progressing in his recovery, and hopefully here the next few weeks, or in the next couple weeks, maybe we can we can get some kind of an update about when uh, LeBron might be available. 
Uh, LeBron, I don't think, does any of this on accident. I thought it was uh, funny right after the game that he and Anthony Davis walked right over to Kyle Lowry and talked to him about, uh, I can't imagine what, <laughs> but but he was, uh, they, they had that conversation, I'm sure, as the Lakers, you know, attempted to trade or reportedly attempted to trade for uh, Lowry this, this offseason. Kind of makes me wonder if, LeBron is setting up some kind of a free agency push or, or start getting that those wheels in motion for uh, this next offseason when the Lakers might be looking to either replace Schroeder uh, with, you know, if Schroeder leaves, maybe they bring in Lowry as a short-term replacement for him as THT comes into his own or whatever. But that was something to, to monitor as well. In terms of the play on the actual court, uh, I, I thought this was a much-needed good game here for, for Taylor Horton Tucker, who goes for 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 from three-point range, uh, 6 assists, and uh, you know 4 boards. He did have the 4 turnovers, which he's young enough to where you know those are just going to happen. But uh, it, was, it was the best he's looked, I thought, in, in a little while. Uh, and yeah, the circumstances were pretty unique. But you got to be able to beat the team that's in front of you. And in and, and, uh, THT's case, at this point, get any positive momentum that he can possibly generate uh, moving forward. Another guy who, who I thought took some positive steps forward was Alex Caruso. He goes for 13 points. Uh, he finished uh, just shy or, 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 or uh, yeah, 13 points, uh, four assists, five boards. He also, he had his three turnovers, or four turnovers, I guess, uh, but three of four from three-point range as well. And and look, if those guys start hitting three-pointers, you had KCP go two of two from three-point range. Dennis Schroeder goes two of two from three-point range. Kuz goes two of 11. But I, I, I'm, I'm more uh, excited about the 11 attempts than I am, obviously, just honestly, more than anybody else. Like Wesley Matthews got six three-point shots up. I would still like to see KCP get his attempts uh, a little bit higher. But when you start to see these three-point attempts creep up, that tells me that the Lakers are are not passing up on, on the first good shot that they get in search of some kind of a great shot that more often than not with the way that this team plays offense, the, that, that, good, that, that great attempt is not right around the corner. Another guy that I think needs uh, some some props here again is uh, Marcus Saul. He goes for 28 minutes uh, and and scores 13 points, grabs nine boards, five assists, and uh, did have the, the five turnovers, but looked about as aggressive as we've seen him all season. And and I think more than more than anything in terms of actual production on the court, I'm actually really happy to see Gasol basically go about the 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 signing the Andre Drummond signing with like a oh okay he's just going to start over me as soon as he gets here okay fine and I'm going to make that decision as difficult as possible for Frank Vogel that's all you can ask a player to do I mean I know when I was when I was a a, a coach and and I know that uh, comparing NBA players to to high school kids is is not exactly apples to apples but what I would always tell kids when they came up and they said, hey, coach, I, I want more minutes here. and I think I'm better than the guy starting than me or the girl starting than me. Uh, I, I would always tell them, hey, 
you got to make that case for me. I've made my decision so far. Uh, you got to make that decision difficult for me. And, and, and I know one of the things that I would always say in practices, especially to those, to those kids who were making that case, if they were kind of acting up in practice or not running it out or, or not fully rotating and not doing the things that go above and beyond as they're trying to earn minutes from somebody else, I would always say like, you're making my decision really easy on me. And, and that always seemed to light a fire under their ass. And, and, and I think with, uh, with Gasol, I think he's basically based on the way that he's playing. And I'm not saying he needed a fire lit under him. He's one of the, the, the top professionals in the NBA, but I do think he's basically saying like, all right, Frank, you're going to, you're going to, this is the situation that we're going to be heading in. I'm not going to make this easy on you. And, and I think, you know, kudos to him for that approach. And whenever Drummond does come back, uh, it's going to be really difficult to find minutes for everybody but but that's one of those problems that you're that you're happy to be faced with if you're Frank Vogel. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Uh, hopefully, like I said uh, a, a while ago, uh, we are going to have some news on the co-host front. Uh, we should be able to, to to offer that up to you guys. Uh, hopefully, within the next 24 or 48 hours. And as soon as I know, and soon as uh, as soon as everything else is is set in order you guys will know um until then though have a great rest of your day make somebody else's talk to you then